Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. I only have one question. Do you think I deserve your full attention? That's what I like to hear. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You're listening to 90.3 WRST-FM Oshkosh. This is Script to Screen. I'm your host, Max, and joining me here in the booth is Gideon. Hello. And today we're going to be talking about Joker, the new big hit in October that just dropped in theaters this week. Uh, it's big, it's here, it's awesome. Just broke the record for best uh, best October, opening for October, October opening, I think. beating Venom, which came out last year. Yes, yeah. Venom came out last year, and I think I didn't see the numbers for sure, but they were projecting that uh, Joker was going to beat it. Um, so yeah, yeah, they were they were thinking around eleven mil, but it's right now at about thirteen point three. What? So, yeah, saw that on the news just a little bit ago. For the day, you mean? Because like thirteen it, mil is is like really it, pretty small. It was for the opening. I don't know. I it, they were saying it was pro- I, maybe for that opening day or something it must like have been that. Opening day, because like it was projected to hit like. 80 mil. Yeah, it's at around week, 80 mil for the right whole now. Weekend. Yeah. For the whole weekend, it was projected at 80 mil. Because I think that's what Venom did, and it was about like contending with Venom for. But yeah, for that, I guess. For, oh, I'm sorry. For, it was the pre. It was the like previews. I guess those early. Oh, the views. Thursday. The Thursday night previews. Yeah. Yes, that hit 13.3, and Venom had done uh, 10. Yeah, that makes sense. But I saw this this morning at 10:30. I got up. Early, did some okay, stuff. because I saw it on Thursday night. You saw it on Thursday yes. night. I saw it today. Holy cow. Weird thing. Weird thing. In my theater, the audio was clipping. Was it really? The dialogue That's track bummer, was clipping on the on the, on the the loud, like it, just the dialogue track, though. Not the, not all of it, but just the dialogue track. Oof. It was like, That's a bummer. so it's not Mind the entire movie, obviously, but yeah. like the parts where they're like screaming and stuff, like, and when he's like laughing and et cetera, like, yeah, it was bad. My screening, no issues at all. Um, yeah, pretty, I mean, since it was so early, the theater was fairly empty, but there was still a decent amount of people in there. Um, but I, I had a great time. I went with the, my one of my buddies. Uh, his name's Dell. We had a good time. Um, he loved it. I loved it. I was absolutely actually blown away. Like loved it doesn't even. Yeah, begin. I mean, this is this the- is <laughs> one of the few. I would say like there there are only a handful of movies I would ever say are like ten out of tens. This yeah. one's a ten out of ten okay. for me. Absolutely. This is the funny thing about this movie. The discourse surrounding this movie is so interesting to me. What? That people are worried? That- That's part of it. But the mostly just the reception of it in general by by audiences and critics and just seeing how people are reacting to it because I had a very visceral reaction to this and I had a very viscerally negative reaction to this. I I I very much disliked this movie. Um yeah, I uh I don't I dude, I I still I I can't say anything negative about it. I I have very much a lot of negative things to say. That's a, that's a real bummer cuz I was um, hoping this would go even higher than Dark Knight no, with us. No, no, not even close. I I I'm really close to like absolutely actually hating this movie, honestly. Um Yeah, um why? where do you want to start? <laughs> I I want to know why you hate it. Okay. Or why you dislike it. You said you're close to hating it. So you several don't hate things. It. I'm at like, yeah. Uh, 
Let's. By the way, let's start this out. No spoilers. This movie is way too new to really. Yeah, get way into too spoilers. new to get into spoilers. But I mean, this um, is like the first four days it's been out. So I just want to start with like the like what I was saying about the discourse. So like on Rotten Tomatoes right now, this is at like sixty nine percent from from critics. Um, which is which is interesting, but also more interesting from top critics. So people who are top, who are critics at um, at like established organization mm-hmm. uh, newspapers and and such. Yeah. Um, it's at forty three percent. Positive ratings. Um, whereas the audience score is at ninety two percent. And then you look at IMDb, and this is I think currently number ten rated all time on IMDb. Good. Um. It, so the so, audience and IMDb are reflecting I think. The, the rate it deserves. So yeah, it's a, it's actually at number nine right now. So, but cool. I think for me, the, the thing about this movie is it's from a pure technical standpoint, as far as like cinematography and music goes, I think there's some, some interesting things happening, but as a, as a whole and how those things directly impact the story, it's, I even disagree with that. So like, I see where, I see where people are, are liking this movie in terms of aesthetic, but I don't think the aesthetic that this movie chooses is even complementing the story. I think the story itself is just so fundamentally flawed that it, it that I can't get into it because it's about someone who's so crazy and and the movie does not do the work to to show how that craziness is not okay. That's the primary reason why I just like this. But. You know, it's funny. I, you know, I sat in the theater today and I turned to Dell and this is what I said to him. No matter what Gideon says about this movie today, whether it's good or bad, because I had a feeling you might just because it's sometimes tends to be like we're, we Polar tend opposites. to be opposites. Yeah. I said, even if Gideon hated this movie to the end of the earth, it's not getting anything lower than a 50. I'm telling you that right now. Because I am tens all across the board in every rating. Okay. <laughs> this is one of my all-time favorite films ever made. Well, and that's what I'm saying about like the discourse and stuff. Because like I, I, I so vis like I, I felt I, sick watching this movie because of how because what happens in this movie is we see someone who's who's down downcast by society, mm-hmm. right? And he continues to be downcast by society. Yeah. And then it happens again. And then it happens again, and then it happens again, and again, and again. It's it's it, this movie is like the epitome of redundancy, and it and it when that it's the problem for me is when that redundancy becomes sort of evil at its very core. That I I I just am not able to. I don't I don't like consuming that, and 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 what's worse is that. It's it's compare this to something like The Wolf of Wall Street, where it's also a lot of depravity being on display. But I think Martin Scorsese, this movie has rightfully gained uh, comparisons to Martin Scorsese's work. Um, but I think and the wh- fact that it has Robert De Niro <laughs> and it has Robert De Niro who starred in the two that it's been compared to the most: The King of Comedy and um, Taxi Driver. Mm. But the thing that Martin Scorsese understands is. I think he just knows where the cultural zeitgeist is kind of at, and he he understands what what is society. I mean, this movie is the we live in a society meme repeated over and over for two hours. You know what's funny? You say redundancy, and it's always negative and bringing the character down and that kind of stuff, and you didn't like consuming that. Yeah. Now you know how I feel. Having watched Whiplash, right, and I and I thought that is and I how thought, I felt. Well, I thought you were gonna bring. I I did think that actually because I remember you saying that about Whiplash. And the thing with Whiplash is that there's there's p- 
positive and negative things from the two different conflicts in his life. So he's he's got the conflicts of his personal relationships, right? So uh, Andrew Naaman is the character's name. Yeah. Has, has his personal... Um, like psychological health and then he's got his like success in the band and those two things both impact each other throughout the movie so but Mm -hmm. his his positive his his family life his his friendships go on ups and downs throughout the movie so he has his 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 relationship with his dad is positive at some times and negative at others and then his 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 band life his his success in band goes up and down. So at one time, uh, Fletcher, the band teacher, is treating him well, and then at the other time, he's treating him treating him poorly. And then at sometimes, Andrew is having success at band and doing very well, and other times he's not. And by the end, those two things have kind of like gone on roller coasters and been kind of like opposites of each other, which had happened in this movie. But like, where is something? Where, where's the hope in this movie? Where's the positive? Where's the positive? Where nature where of is any the kind? little roller coaster going up kind of moments and stuff? Well, it's like it's like. Each scene has to kind of end in no. in each scene has to end either Robert McKee who 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 wrote this this book called Story which is one of the most like uh, sought after books on creative writing um, says that each scene has a positive or negative charge by the end of it yeah okay I agree and so for me every scene in this movie has a negative charge by the end. And mm. so when it's when each scene is negatively charged at the start, negatively charged throughout the scene, and then ends with a negative charge, the whole movie is just literally a downhill into into, into nothingness. And the and the problem with that is that it goes because it does that, it doesn't actually ever even say anything. I, I disagree to that, that there was no positive charge. Okay, because where, where though? That's what I'm asking. Where's the pos- Where's the Where's the positives in this movie? Like what, when. Where, he starts to and and I I mean this is I'm trying to work around spoilers as much as possible here. When he begins a courtship with his neighbor, that's not girl. positive. Hold on, because of what we know. I, about I know, that. but there are there's a long time before you don't know that little bit that you're referring to, and for the time. But that's that's but another hold on. Okay, sorry. Hold on, let yeah, me finish yeah, yeah, here. Yep. Yeah, yeah. So for those times that that doesn't that you that you still are kind of not you don't know it, that's positive. When he is accepted onto the Maury uh, was that Maury Povich show? No, what is that? What was the that Ma- called? Murray Franklin is Murray, the guy's yeah, name. Murray, Murray is Robert Franklin. De Niro's character? Yeah, Maury Povich. What am I thinking? Is that a real thing? I don't. I don't remember. I think that is a real thing. No. Yeah. What uh, the? Yeah. The Murray Franklin comedy. Murray show. Franklin. When he's accepted onto that, that's a positive. Or when he. You know, there there are okay, positive so the, so parts. The, pro- the problem that I have with that, the pro- reason why I think those are not positive, is because this movie introduces this idea that nothing that we're watching is actually happening, because the character is insane. Correct. So with there's elements in this movie where he, where it's introduced at least twice, two different times that that I can think of that are both spoilery, um, where what we're watching is not actually what's happening in reality. So but, with both of those things. That, that's it's, a- it's heavily implied that neither of those things are happening. So it's hard for me to get on board when I think when I'm not even sure if the movie's telling me the truth or not. And also the thing that happens with that is that that has a negative tinge to it because it's so the foreshadowing with that moment that you're talking about is so heavy that it's like, OK, I know what's going to come of this. This is not a good thing. There- it's so obvious what's going to happen next that it's like that specific one that you're talking about. It's 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 still negatively charged for me sitting in the audience watching the film. 
There is a famous Joker quote from The Killing Joke. I don't know if it's in the comic or if it is just in the movie. Either way, it is spoken from him to Batman about his life. That's that another if, thing. That if he, I yeah, that if if uh, I'm gonna have a past, I, I might be mis- misquoting this a little bit, but you'll get the gist. If I'm gonna have a past, I'd prefer it to be multiple choice. So. If, okay. So that's the thing. That's kind of the idea of Joker's background. It doesn't. He he it, he barely. He doesn't really even know. He doesn't know what his background is. Nobody does. Right. His his that, existence. He is an, he is an agent of chaos. He is an agent of of a just a complete opposite of Batman right, in every don't, way. Don't you think that the Dark Knight tackled that very idea much better than this this no, movie did? I because didn't what think happens so. in the Dark Knight is that we see him explaining his past yeah, from the that. present. Okay, I get that. so it's yeah. like it's it's him looking in retrospect. So that idea is is epitomized in that, and then I, also what you have in the Dark Knight, I think, is the fact that Batman is contrasted with Joker. So we have those two opposites, and I think that that just like how the Joker says to Batman, "You're we are two opposites of the same coin, basically. Like you don't mm-hmm. exist without me." Yeah. I think the same thing is true here with with Joker. We don't have da- the Dark Knight. We don't have Batman. We don't have the the symbol of hope. We don't have this the possibility that this might end up okay. Because what this movie does is says Batman doesn't matter. Chaos is all that exists. Mm. Chaos is the only thing. There is no hope, and that is not an idea I'm willing to get on board. I with. am not going to say that either Dark Knight or this handle how Joker sees his mentality better or worse than the other one. I think they both handle it in equally solid ways. But I think this one shows not... it off better. I think this one this one puts it out in a nice shiny case It's it, instead of just you, see, you seeing it at, at a passing glance. Because what happens is in, in Dark Knight, when he goes through and he talks about, you know, uh, you want to know how I get, got these scars. That's kind of his yeah. intro to how he originated. He says it, I don't know, two for sure, th- maybe three different times, or he attempts a third. In or yeah, Heath Ledger's one does. In this, it's shown a little differently in a way that lets you get into his mind more than in Dark Knight, because in this one you understand that he himself truly doesn't understand. Whereas in Dark Knight, it could have just been Heath Ledger's Joker messing around, trying to mess with other people Mm -hmm. while he is totally in control of his own mind. I think that's one reason why I see Heath Ledger, sorry, um, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker as kind of flat, honestly. And I see Heath Ledger's as more of a rounded character um, because we don't really know much about Joker. So his actions that he takes are more, are more able to round out who he is as a character. And he kind of develops throughout the movie because as we see him take more and more action, we kind of figure out more and more. I don't think Joker is. develops in, whereas, in Dark Knight. Whereas we see, whereas with, um, Joaquin Phoenix's Joker, he's, he's kind of a flat character, honestly. Are you, he's both dude, a flat and aesthetic character. Joker in Dark Knight doesn't develop. He doesn't. He starts out as the same character he ends as. There is no saying, character okay, development. A, in this one, there is character right, development. I'm, I'm talking about static versus um, dynamic and round versus flat. So I agree Heath Ledger's Joker is a static character, but he's more. I think he's more round than Walking Phoenix is. So round being he's got like more to him, whereas flat, not as much. Whereas, and static means he changes throughout the story, and dynamic means that he starts one way and ends a different way. 
So obviously, I think both of them are static characters, but I think that that Heath Ledger's is Joker is more rounded out. Whereas with Joaquin Phoenix's, I didn't I didn't get that many different def, different dimensions to his character. I didn't see who he was other than someone who's crazy. And his other characteristics is that he he has this condition where he laughs when he's not actually happy. Okay, that's just one quick little thing I wanted to say. I think his Joker laugh is by far the best of all time. And I'm a huge supporter of Mark Hamill. And I, I think Polygon actually ranks Mark Hamill as number one and Heath Ledger number two. But I am a huge fan of Mark Hamill and I love his Joker laugh. But when I heard Joaquin Phoenix's laugh, which he kind of does, like when it, he has a regular laugh and then what, he has this condition that makes him laugh when he doesn't mean to. And that laugh, he almost chokes out every yeah. time. And I thought that was one of the most genius things of them to ever add into it, any movie, and any Batman movie uh, or Batman Universe movie, because I, cu I couldn't believe that nobody had ever thought to do that. Because I actually have a couple jo issues with that, honestly. Well, hold on. Yeah. But, but just, it's so fundamental to the Joker's character that he, he can't help it. Even if he's, you know, even if he's sad inside, even if he's he's heartbroken, he's always laughing. There's no, he has no control over that. He never has. And the fact that now finally somebody actually who who is the Joker now has a condition that literally goes over that. I'm surprised that, you know, they didn't do it in the in the Dark Knight. Okay, so because Nolan was so so hardcore on grounding everything in reality in his trilogy. He's like, you know, how does Batman fight people? Well, let's show him actually doing the training. How does he do, you know, all the tech? Let's show him getting it from the tech department of Wayne Enterprises. Like, he did everything in showing it in that thing. And that was one thing that he didn't show is, is why why Joker is kind of like that. But this one actually gave a legitimate reason. Right. And, and I loved for, that. For me, the reason why I have a problem with that, what is interesting about the Joker, a lot of it is... The mystery of it like we don't know really what at least from the dark knight which is the which is my primary perception of i mean obviously the dark knight and then batman 89 but e in each of those cases we don't really know anything about bat about joker's past mm -hmm. and 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 we also don't know about much about why he does what he does other than the fact that he is doing it whereas here the movie stops to explain that so it takes a lot of the intrigue of the joker away from it the second reason why i i don't like that is because it happens in the first scene and it's and it's kind of riveting the first time that he does it because like, okay, I, I see what's happening. Like, it's kind of like, that's weird. That's different from what I normally see in reality. But you kind of get a grasp on what's happening in that scene. And then it happens the same way. This is what I mean when I say that it's, that he's a static character. So he's, he's, he's doing the exact same thing. The laugh is happening under, in very similar circumstances throughout the movie over and over and over again so it's just very re it's very redundant in the in the way that like at the beginning he gets he gets hurt by society and he laughs this way and then he gets hurt by society again and he starts laughing again this way when he's actually hurt inside like it's a very simple simplistic idea not simple very simplistic thing that's happening where he's hurt he laughs, but he's not actually happy. He gets hurt by society. He laughs, but he's not actually happy. Like it's, it happens that exact, that's pretty much the, on the, everything that happens is happening on the surface is the way it's, ha it's like, there's no, there's no layers to this movie at all. There's nothing else to la grasp onto other than, than the surface. And the surface itself is not something that's interesting to me, really. I'm just looking at the next 40 minutes and the, I'm, I have a sinking feeling this is going to end up in the seventies because of because of how you feel about this movie. And I just, I, I think that's just 
oh, such a disservice to this because I I was blown away every scene of this. There was there was moments in this that I mean th- there was stuff for everybody. If you don't even know who the Joker is, this is a great movie just on its That great is one character. thing that I that I would that I very much disagree with that so, this is a movie that is not for everybody because there's because like just because the the psychological distress that it goes into and and the level of gratuitous violence that I feel like a lot of people like sh- you should be careful before you watch this. Like it's very, very much rated are you, R. Are you kidding me, dude? You and, compare this to any other major thing right now: *Brightburn*, *The Boys*, all that stuff. Those are gratuitous violence. This is nothing beyond what we've seen before in other superhero mainstream superhero movies. Right, but I, but because but I'm just saying because the fact that it is or, a superhero movie, right? So it's so parents. There's there's this thing like it's a rated R movie. Just be aware that what you're taking your kids to see. Okay, well, dude, I'm just I, I'm just putting that out there because it's and then once upon a time in Hollywood, that was more violent than this. But it's the t- it's 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 not the literal the literal what's happening. It's the tone and context with which it's happening inside of. So the thing about once upon a time in Hollywood that I really liked about it is that it it takes it takes the steps to to foreground the violence in a in a context that that makes sense and makes it so you don't disengage with the movie. And so I won't go into spoilers with that because obviously it's not, it's been out less than a year and there's, I think our our rule of thumb is if it's on, if it's on DVD, we can talk spoilers. It's not on DVD. Yeah. So that's why we're not. So the problem with this is that it doesn't, it doesn't do the work of either a condemning the violence or B showing why the violence is justified. It does neither of those things. So it's because in this it's a, really it, odd it, moral gray ground, and is that's a problem in a world that's in in a world that we live in, which is so, which has become like more and more what? drenched in violence and just like disturbing, like depravity. That this movie doesn't doesn't do the work of of you said, I, one you of those things that, that I think is necess- that's necessary. No, no, it doesn't. Sh- it doesn't either a condemn the violence that's happening or b show why the violence was necessary in a given situation because he's crazy it doesn't need to do either of those it and, it's, and the second about- one the second one not necessarily why it's necessary but wh- the the every every person he hurts uh with the exception of the very last one five seconds before the end of the movie every one of those people was terrible, Dan. Exactly. That's so that's that my exact point. That explains why. That's that is my the point, explanation though. why. But just because someone is a terrible person does not give you a right to kill them. I agree. And but this it's movie the does... Joker. It's a it's a movie about a super villain. Right. And I'm you, saying, what did you think he was gonna do? Give him a hey, I'm sorry, I upset you card, and hand him some cupcakes. My no. problem with that is because Joker is the protagonist. And because he's the character that we are following, and by following him, it 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 sets us up to identify with him. It sounds like you're parroting every every major news outlet's issue with how this how this movie was being handled. That's what it sounds like to me, Gideon. Like it sounds like you're ju- like that is that is what I I mean. That was the complaint I heard was that people are worried that because it's humanizing this guy who's who becomes a villain. That then people are th- going to think that's socially acceptable behavior. It's a movie. It's not going to happen. It that doesn't have any correlation. There's never been any study that has ever proved that with movies, video games, music, none of it. I'm not saying that the movie is going to 
going to actually cause violence. But I'm saying that I disagree with, I fundamentally disagree with the way that the movie, the movie's thematic purpose. And I think the movie's thematic purpose, because of what it is and the, what the movie's trying to be, it also causes structural problems, which is what I was talking about, how, how the movie progresses and it's, and it's pacing as far as going downhill and sort of the, the repetition of, of scenes. Those things are, are, are not necessarily ineffective, but, but maybe partially caused by uh, the, the nature of the violence in this movie and the way the violence is handled. And, and I understand that, that violence hasn't been, hasn't been scientifically proven to, to cause other people to, to commit violence, obviously. But that doesn't mean that we can't be socially responsible and, and create art that, that has, that's saying the correct things about violence. Because if I'm just saying, if I made this movie in this particular movie, um, I would want to be aware of what I'm saying about violence. And I think that it's that as a filmmaker, it's your job to, to, to say things that are true and beautiful. And I don't think this movie does either of those things. It's nothing about this movie is true or beautiful or good. I th- and now you get into a whole bunch of other things like you, you there's no way to turn this he the joker is the ultimate villain the ultimate bad guy because he's a psychopath he's crazy he does things because he because he thinks they're funny he kills people because he thinks it's funny okay he is he is Beyond hope, there is no fixing him. There is no nothing. When you're writing something, when you're writing a movie about that character, especially Joker, you you can't turn it around and make it... There's no way to condemn it, especially when it's his movie. When it's Batman, Batman is the guy who's sitting in saying, this is wrong, this is whatever. When you do a movie without that, then what you have is what's going to end up being the situation... And I saw no issue with that. Right. This movie shows that nothing is ever black and white. There is no perfect good. There is no perfect evil. But you do have situations where people are slowly pushed over the edge. And I think that's the situation with a lot of people who are uh, incarcerated with all that. They they got to their limit, and then that was it. They broke. Right, and that's that's my that's the problem with the movie for me is is that it's not it's not saying there is no perfect good or no perfect evil only the movie is saying that there is evil and there is nothing besides evil and it's and it's and it's and it's comments about society are 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 childish like what? it's like ooh like the way it views society and the way it 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 it, it talk it depicts society is how everyone's evil and because everyone's evil we're causing other people to be more evil than they otherwise would be. There's no th- this movie never presents presents the Joker situation as if somebody had done something different, maybe it wouldn't have ended up this way. For me, the movie the movie starts and like Joker is 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 always going to end up to be Joker. There was no there was no possible path where goodness wins in this. There's no possibility for goodness to win out in the end of this. I didn't see this movie as Arthur Fleck versus society. I didn't see it as the Joker versus society. I saw it as the Joker versus Gotham, Gotham itself, because Gotham is all has always. Okay, so been, what's what's the difference between those two things? What's the difference between Gotham, Gotham and society? Society is a mix of good and bad. 
Gotham has always been way more leaning on the bad. That's why Batman's there. That's why Ra's al Ghul and Batman Begins wanted to destroy it because it is the most corrupt, mm-hmm. awful major city in the modern first world. That is why. And especially in the 80s, during all the stuff that was going on there, I mean, it, you can just get you just get that vibe, which, by the way, I did love how kind of the cheeky little thing right at the beginning with the old 80s Warner Brothers logo. thought that yeah. was genius. But it was it was it was Arthur Fleck versus Gotham. Gotham has always been bad. That's why he gets, uh, you know, right at the beginning, you know, beat by those those kids who stole the sign, which I'm that's obviously not a spoiler because it's been in a million trailers. But, uh, you know, and then. Later on, like it, that's Gotham. That is how it is. That's how those people are. Okay, so Gotham has always represented New York at its worst. Right. Metropolis was New York at its best. I understand that. My problem with that is because of the cultural context in which this movie is coming out, and the things that happen. This movie seem to be intentionally reflective of events that are actually happening in our in our actual society. So. So that's where I take issue with that because the movie seems to be trying to intentionally comment on actual society using Gotham. I, I, which is where where the biggest issue comes from. If, I look if, at if, it and I, I don't think I don't try to think that deeply into it. I watch it for what it is. Okay. I I watch it where he was a man who just was broken by those around him. He was, you know, it it wasn't. I don't think it was as extremely deep as you're trying to give it with that. I don't but think I, the movie's deep at all. I think the very movie's very stupid. I don't think it thinks about things things um intelligently at all. Mm. See it, And I'm saying and I'm saying I, that context I, matters and the context is the reason why it is that way. I I feel like you missed some things. I understand just, what the movie's saying. No, I agree with you that this is what no, the movie's saying. I'm just saying it says it poorly and it's not very and that's not a very interesting thing to take away that's i I don't need to spend two hours watching somebody commit violence to understand that i got all of that from the first scene that wasn't my point actually i was trying to bring up i think you're not giving this movie its due credit for how clever it was with a lot of things that went into the filming of it with background just just so many things in it that happened and places that people went and things that people did that were very clever and you got to be a fan of comics and you got to know that your stuff to catch them. Okay, that's not good thing. storytelling though. But I also think it was filmed gorgeously. I think everybody acted extremely well. I have no issues with how it was written. I think that right. I I agree. I think that 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 on the surface there's a lot of this th- this this movie that's artistic, that it's it's making arti- it's doing artistic things with its cinematography and acting however that's all to cover up a story that's at its at its core fundamentally broken um and even to what you say about um about the the universe of the the comics universe and the and the the sort of batman lore i think the way it handles that especially um only 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 ex- exacerbates the problems that I was talking about earlier in terms of violence and and hope and it it takes the things that we know about Batman and turns them on a head in a way that is is backwards to me when it when it comes to um the way we think about 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 goodness and beauty I just have one quick question for you and I'm not going to say too much about this cuz it kind of it's not really a big spoiler or anything like that it's an easter egg that I noticed First time watching this, and I actually like reached over, touched Dell's shoulder, and I was like, "Dude, did you see that? Like, you see what that just was? When you see Bruce Wayne mm-hmm. outside in his house, 
and he's at, you know, he's just hanging out, and then Arthur's there. Did you catch the one little Easter egg callback to classic Batman there in that scene, right at the beginning of it? Did you catch any Easter egg? Not that I can think of. Okay. Right at the end, when you kind of see the conclusion of the Bruce Wayne story in this movie. Yeah. Now I saw I saw an Easter egg there. You did. Yeah. On okay. the on the marquee, right? Yes. Yeah. I just wanted to know for sure it how I this is the this is I'm judging your your level of of knowledge with comic books and stuff, how deep it goes and all this other stuff. Okay, I will explain to you the little Easter egg right what in the scene I was talking about. But there were things like that scattered throughout this movie that I was so pleased with. And so just happy that their attention to detail, and you can tell that the okay, guy great, who made this Easter eggs. It, Easter eggs don't make a great story. No, but it adds to it, and I already thought the story was great. Okay, and then it, it's it's icing on the cake for me. You see, that's the thing. For me, I'm a hundred percent pleased with everything about this movie. Like I said, I'm giving this ten, tens across the board. You can type my numbers in right off the bat. But I'm just saying that there was so much that I loved about this. Like I, I don't know if I'd change a single thing. I, 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 I think. Joaquin Phoenix is now the best Joker we've ever had. I think that this is a great sign for DC and Warner Brothers in just just everything about this. I think that I I wish that there was going to be a sequel. I, I'm pretty sure there's not going to be, but I would love to see this story continued. I would love to see, you know, a more aged Joaquin Phoenix finally go up against maybe 20-year-old Batman or something. That'd be great. Yeah, how old is Robert Pattinson? Is he like 30s? <laughs> Not Robert Pattinson, please. I, I don't want to see I don't want to see him be Batman, but I would like to see What's wrong with Robert Pattinson? I can't picture him as Batman. I can picture him as Dick Grayson or something, but I can't picture him as Batman. I'm okay. Sorry. Uh just just you know, if they give him the job or if they already have or whatever, that's fine. I'll watch it. I'm going to the theater no matter what for that, but I'm really on the fence about. It. I was on the fence about uh, the dude in Batman v Superman. What's his name? Who played it? Um, ben Affleck. Ben Affleck. I was on the fence about him. I'm still not really happy about that choice. The last great Batman, I think, was uh, Christian Bale. But, um, but I think, uh, yeah, I just would like to see somebody other than Pat Patterson. Um, yeah. Do you want to get into numbers then? Yeah, let's do it. Well, tens for me, man. Everything, all categories. So let's just get your numbers going because it's starting out with a fifty. Let's see where you can bring it up to. Um, first impression, uh, I don't, I don't like this movie. <laughs> I loved it. Um, Not an issue. Perfect movie. Perfect movie for me. That's one of the few. I think three or four. Um, it's hard for me because I so three? I so dislike the story. This is this is not a story that I connected to in any way i thought you would appreciate um, how well this was done but on on a on a surface level there's there's proficiency occurring um even though i think the aesthetic still doesn't doesn't do as much as it could it's not it's not better than proficient but it is i would say proficient and 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 like i said i i don't think walking phoenix's performance is fantastic simply because he's doing the same thing over and over again and i don't find that interesting um, but at, as a whole, I think a four is fair for me. Um, just in terms of, I really dislike some parts of this and I think some parts are somewhat adequate. So four is, I think, accurate. Okay. 
Um, and you said you're going to give this a 10. 10's all, all across the board. Um, story, two. Um, there's obviously there the the unbelievable the, some some intricacies intricacies of the story are are okay where it sort of you didn't think his interactions with like Thomas Wayne were interesting no you didn't because think... Thomas Wayne is not an interesting character to me in this oh my god I mean Gideon what Thomas Wayne, my heart man. what Thomas Wayne is in this movie is those those turns with Thomas Wayne are just handled with are are just very sloppy to me. Like they they never develop that idea, um, in, a, in to a place that's satisfying for me. Um, I, I thought it was totally believable. I think with the way that they set up Thomas Wayne, that was totally. This is the first you you realize it's like, other than the Flashpoint, this is pretty much like the first time you kind of see Thomas Wayne as kind of a bad guy. You realize that. This is like one of the first times. Yeah, this he's is huge. he's he's bad. He's he's a bad guy to the point of self-parody, basically. Like he's so evil, it becomes stupid, and then the movie doesn't see that it's being stupid, and then just goes with it. And it's not. That's not. It doesn't t make for good storytelling because when when someone who's that evil interacts with someone who's also that evil, and they don't have any any goodness to them at all, it. It's just it it doesn't go anywhere for me. I think it, you're given it that two is ridiculous to me. I don't know. I think but that I, is But I already global. explained how I, know, I think I this know, movie is there's I, nothing there's nothing true, good or beautiful about it. And if not, none of those none of those things are 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 there, then I don't see then what's the point of telling a story if there's no true truth, goodness or beauty? You don't okay. Uh then whatever. Put it on a two, go to the next category. I mean, do you want to do you want to do you want to disagree with me that a story? I'll, I'll needs... at least at least argue the beauty of this movie was was stellar. I thought every scene in this was filmed beautifully. Like I'm not I, talking about the aesthetic. I well, already explained you're just talking how about the writing. I'm talking of it. about the story well, itself then, and the storytelling in, in and the way, way the I camera tells the story. story. I thought the storytelling was solid. I thought that I I thought okay, that that's every, not what I'm his interactions with with other people were always natural the, with based on his character. I thought his character develops greatly throughout this thing. Right, that's it not also It is a downward not, development, absolutely. That's he, not what I'm asking, though. I'm asking, where does this movie say something that's true, good, or beautiful? <laughs> All of those are subjective things. All um, those things are true. standards that need to be met in any story ever told. True things. Uh, All their stuff about like elitist people not really caring too much about the people below them. I think that's true. I think that you have the people like, I don't know, that make billions and billions of dollars. You think they, they, they care about you or I or the a random dude on the street? No. I think that some of them don't. I think that I almost think there all are, of them. The, there it, are some that do. With the exception and the of way what, like George Lucas, Steven Spielberg, and the other people in that, whatever club that is, that uh, whatever charity that is of super millionaires that give away tons of money. Yes, those people do. But... Besides that, I think like the people who have businesses that don't pay multi-billion dollar businesses that don't pay a cent in taxes. I don't think those people care. I don't think Right, I understand that some people don't care. The way this movie presents it, it says it shows us several people who are in upper upper class who don't care about the people below them and there's and there's no people who who are good at all. No one who's willing to combat that evil either. You could you could have people who are all corrupt and upper class, but there's that then if there's someone in the lower class who's willing to combat them. That's Gotham. 
It's the most, it's literally always been corrupt like that. It's always been that way. But Gotham also always has had Batman. And Batman is not here in this movie. No, it hasn't always had Batman. Batman literally started with Bruce Wayne. He was the first Batman. Okay? Before but him, there wasn't. It was just a really corrupt city. Right, but the stories... This is pre-Batman. Right, so the stories that are told about Gotham, as far as I'm aware of, have always had Batman in them. So when yeah. you end the story before Batman comes, implying that Batman never will come... Yeah, what are you talking about? Yeah, it's implying he's gonna come. What are you talking about? I'm not gonna get into spoilers, but the way that the movie, the movie, the context around that, and the and the way the tone, the tone especially, the way the movie plays you, plays that implies that Batman is an impossibility in this world. No, you then you are totally missing it, dude. He is. If there was a sequel, that's why I said if there's a sequel, there's definitely gonna be a Batman. You are. To I'm sorry, Gideon, but. I, I mean, I wish I could just I don't explain think that's this a, through spoilers, but I can't. But you are wrong. I don't think that's a misreading of the film. I think it is. Um, and I think we can just disagree about with about that. Um, but I think that because, and a lot of that has to do with the fact that the movie's protagonist is Joker and we follow him from start to finish. That's the primary reason as far as tone and context that, that that's the reason why I read the film that way. Gideon, um, Gideon but, if, yeah. if, if there wasn't going to be a Batman, they wouldn't have had... What happened in that last scene happened in that last scene. The way the movie presents it, it it's not... I understand. That's But because of what we know about Batman from previous movies, the the this movie turns that on its head to mean what I'm saying. To, 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 You'll have to explain that to me after the episode when we're running film spotting here. Yeah, because I want to know why you think that, and then I'll I'm not saying that's ex that is what's going to happen. I'm just saying it's it seemed implied to me that 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 was a very real possibility. To you, okay. Well, I'm I. Well, not I to feel me. Like it not, seemed I feel implied. like if you asked ninety, like ninety nine point nine 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 percent of people would agree with me on this, Gideon. I'm just I, I I'm willing to hear your argument. We'll talk about it after the show. Let's just go on to the next category. I want to. Um, acting. I saw no issue. 100%. 10, 10 out of 10. Okay. Um, I think six or seven for me. I'm thinking between the two. Um, give it a seven. I think, but like I said, Walking Phoenix definitely gives a, a, a valid performance. Like he's, he's doing work that's at least different from what we've seen. Again, my problem is that every character in this is one note, so they're not really given much to to do as far as developing a character goes. Um, so I think I'm going to go with six just because there's the, the movie doesn't, doesn't allow him to take it anywhere different and to round out his character as a whole. He just kind of does the same thing for two hours is what I, is what I got out of it. So did Joe, so did Heath Ledger. So did he, if you, you had no issue with him doing it, like with doing the same thing for two hours, but you have an issue with Joaquin Phoenix. I, think, I don't know why. I think Heath Ledger does does do different things in different scenes. Um, like he talks loudly and he talks softly, in, depending on the different mood. Like he talks, he goes to Rachel and he starts he starts he starts getting quieter after he comes into the comes into the room with a loud shotgun and shouting at everyone else. 
like and then he zones in on just her and starts whispering to her directly and then after that he starts he's he, he holds her out a window and makes a joke like those are the the way that scene develops and the way he acts in different situations is yeah. it, it changes it develops and then i felt like joaquin phoenix was way more emotive i felt like he was way more believable it's all on the surface for me, though. Like he's everything he's emoting is is this one is this one thing, which is where he 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 acts happy, but he's not. It's that one idea, that one idea, which is an emotive like, and he emotes that to the very max, and he emotes that one hundred to no, the very a hundred percent. When he's genuinely happy, and you see it, there are uh, when he's hallucinating, like no, all, <laughs> not when not just when he's no, just actual moments throughout. It, I can't think of a moment where he's actually happy when he's not hallucinating, personally. First time I, on the bus. Briefly. First time on the, bu- on the bus. Sure. Before the card handout. Uh, yes. Okay. God, I have, I have things I could say, but I'm really trying to hold back on things that we've seen in trailers with things we haven't, so I'll explain to you more about that stuff that is, that is a thing. There I did I moments. did like the bus scene. I did I, like I, the first bus scene. The I, first bus scene is interesting because because we have uh, him talking to a kid and the and but then again the kid's mom is also just a, is just mean to him. Gotham. So it's another thing that it's just hard to it's Gotham. hard to palate when it's bad things happening over that's, and over that's again. That's him versus Gotham. I understand that this is what this is what Gotham is quote supposed to be, but as far as as far as uh, telling a story goes, it's not conducive towards telling a good story. This was the most accurate Gotham I think I've ever seen. I'm in, not in talking a, about accuracy. I, I know, but I just want to. I'm just wanna... talking about as far as Gotham you being used as a storytelling uh, location. It's not Gotham is supposed to, is, is its the own thing that's character. interesting about uh, that's the thing that's interesting about the Dark Knight is the, the Gotham that the Dark Knight presents is that there's different types of people that live there, and, that and there's good and bad people, and the way that the good and the bad people interact, and how how like how when after at the fairy situation when 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 batman says the to the the joke i guess not everyone's not evil i'm sorry to tell you but i in hindsight now that i've seen how they how this is supposed to be played i i think that nolan got it wrong i think he got gotham wrong because his gotham just really only it's just like it's just you could have just said new york he was in new york whatever that's fine They, they that wasn't like it didn't feel like gotham this one feels like Gotham. Okay, what do you mean when you say feel like Gotham? That because it's filled, Gotham it, is not a real place. <laughs> I realize that, and I've also not been to the real New York either. But I can tell you the the differences here. I feel like Nolan's one was more representative representative of New York, but you throw in a couple extra more mobsters. Uh, a few more homeless people, and then you 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 slap the Gotham nameplate on it. I think but this, a better comparison for Nolan's Gotham would be Chicago, well, considering that it was actually shot there. Some was shot there. Some was some was shot in Pittsburgh. Some was used. Some well, some it was shot in Pittsburgh in The Dark Knight Rises, but um, that same universe, three connected movies. I'm counting all three of the Nolan ones together, but like, excluding Batman Begins because that was kind of a different aesthetic. I don't. Yeah, we'll get into that in a second. But this one felt like they got, they understood what it really was. I mean, this one is, is I think this is one is supposed to be set in quote New York, right? Is It's supposed to feel like New York. This um, is, this is. And I think it was, I, I don't know if it was shot in New York or not, but it did seem like it was supposed to feel like New York. And I think a lot of that is, again, the Martin it, Scorsese influence. Well, it, it mirrors. That was the thing. Gotham was supposed to mirror New York, but much be much worse. 
to be more crime ridden, to have and that's more thing corrupt that people running it, more corrupt people in the police. Uh, they actually, I think this is kind of great because they had like but which, this little. Which Gotham are you talking about? I'm just talking about Gotham as 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 it, as it, as it appears in the movies and how the movies use it as the, a storytelling you, tool. You can't use the ones that you've seen in other movies besides this one, right? And I'm saying this one, the way got the way got, the Gotham appears in this movie, I don't think is is conducive towards telling a good story. Oh, good. Oh my gosh, man, you're you're killing me here, Gideon. I, I'm. Tr- I, I don't know how I can explain this to you in, you know, tw- in 11 minutes here. <laughs> I really wish you'd just take my word on word on this that it, well your word doesn't matter. It's not, your word is completely separate from what the movie is presenting me. Mm. Oh, man. Okay, um, whatever. I can't change you. Let's see. Look and feel. I'll give this this is like I said some I, the 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 aesthetic here is competent, but I'm not sure how how well the aesthetic complements what's actually occurring on the screen and in the story. But I'll give it a seven. Um, the look and the, and the music is is very disturbing. So that 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 part of it. Oh my that, god, that music again, was fantastic. Again, when I'm talking about how, how about how this the whole movie is very service level. So the mu- the the music is is very disturbing, which is backing a disturbing thing that's happening. That's not. Th- very interesting, especially when it's happening like that the entire movie. I had that. If you're gonna rip on anything, do not rip on that movie's score. Like, like, look at something like Annihilation, which has this this like sparse acoustic guitar happening that that has this this tinge of yeah, of hopefulness to it, while it's also at the same time being very disturbing, which is a lot like 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 so, at some parts what the thing is like. It's like like a tinge of hopefulness. With with also this really uneasiness going on to it, like there's there's layers to what's happening in the score as well as what's happening in in the in in the in the world itself. And then or, or you can do the something else with music where it's like the exact opposite of what's happening on the screen. So something like uh, like the end of Us, where they play the very happy music when something very not happy is happening. Like that kind of thing is is an interesting choice. Whereas here it's it's dark music reflecting dark story, which is fine. It's competent. It's proficient. It's just not going above and beyond. I think it matches the theme perfectly. I right, thought- I agree. But it's just very surface level. It's very simple, which is okay. It's fine. So, But for me, that's nothing more than a seven. I also thought the, the music, I thought the score was flawless. I thought I liked it better than the 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 Hans Zimmer one in Dark Knight, but I also um, felt that the music that they added in, like uh, White Room by Cream, that was genius. Where especially where they placed it, that isn't that. Yeah, that was that's great. The, that's the that's the idea that I was talking about about how about how. I, I, uh, I thought it was, happy music reflecting this, something unhappy. That, that's not necessarily but, a happy song, but I and I, I I do know what you're talking about. With I hate it when they throw happy music to like awful dory stuff or things like that That's, but it's not exactly that i know i know like this movie us, doesn't really like, have like that happens in kingsman you know the scene in kingsman yes, it that, happens in kingsman that's, that's annoying to me it happens in kingsman it happened uh there was a there was a video i don't know if you've ever seen cabin in the woods yeah they Cap- put monster I love mash the to them to the massacre at the end oh jeez that bothered the heck out of me Somebody, the actual movie doesn't do that. YouTube. The no, actual movies, there's no score no, in it at all, I but, don't think. But I'm just saying... That, that moment is on, so funny. But in YouTube, on YouTube, they <laughs> yeah, threw yeah. Monster no, Mash under that. You. That bothered the heck out of me. Deadpool, the giant, long sex montage at first in the first act of that movie. Well, I don't like any of that. that. I don't like any of that scene. I agree. I and that was why I... Dis- that's the main reason why I dislike Deadpool 1 over Deadpool 2, because that scene was in there. If they would have taken that scene out, Deadpool 1 would be better than Deadpool 2, in my opinion. But Deadpool 2 is better now, because it doesn't have that. Um, 
and yeah, there's stuff like that in a lot of movies now. And I don't like that cheer, the the juxtaposition people like to do with cheerful music and something gory. That disgusts me, and I think that's the goal of that is to give you an eerie feeling. And I'm I get mad at every time a filmmaker throws that at me, and it brings the score down. Luckily, this movie did not have that in my opinion. Um, but okay, you gave what the look seven and feel, look seven. And feel. Okay. Um, oh, this is your highest one. And what are you? A ten? Yeah. Everything here for me, Gideon. It's all tens. Uh, okay. It's a perfect um, movie. Way way back, Chronicle, uh, Joker. They're 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 some of my ten out of tens. Okay. Um, effect. This movie like quite literally made my stomach feel upset. <laughs> Like, I, I, I just didn't, whatever the technical merits of this, or however much, um, I suppose, there is going for it, I, I didn't like watching it. I didn't, I didn't want to be there while it was happening. There were a couple parts where I looked away just because I didn't want to subject myself to what was happening on screen. Um, it's just something that, that I, I don't, did not you, enjoy you myself have a low constitution at all. for gore then if, um, if it's if like i said what like happened i said, in this movie like I said before it's not much. like i said before it's not the literal gore that's happening it's it's the context and the tone with which it's played um so effect i like this is one of the worst like bad experience bad like very bad experiences um i don't want to give it a 1 cuz i did i did find things to 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 latch on to at least in some respect whatsoever so i'll give it a two um and you're a 10 um so let's see what we got for scores oh, 70 it's gonna be 70 spot on i think if my math is right something close to that no 69 yeah 69 unreal couldn't even crack the 70 thanks gideon you're Come welcome on man oh that's just frustrating. That's frustrating. Come on. Dude. Okay, well, I want to say to the audience here, whoever's listening, although it's a 69, <laughs> the script to screen level here is apparently gives this one a 69, but Dark Knight a six, uh, six, uh, 95. I think that this is the best telling we've ever seen on screen of Joker, and it's finally gotten me to the point where I can confidently say who my favorite Joker is. I think that this is a fantastic film. Aesthetically, story-wise, music-wise, I had no issues with any single scene in it, and I thought that it was executed almost perfectly in every regard. So... Gideon doesn't like it that much. Nope. He doesn't like it that much. He's he's not a fan. He's probably not going to go see it a second time. I'm going to go will, see that I tomorrow see with my brothers time. and enjoy it, I'm sure, just as much, if not more. Yeah. Uh, but so goes this the show and how and how it and this is how it works. It's a cooperative thing, and I will stand by our score no matter what. It ain't gonna change. It's gonna stay this way. And I don't know. I, I we've never re re reviewed a movie. I don't think we probably will. I'm not so, saying this again. <laughs> so Joker shall stay at a 69 for the foreseeable future here on script to screen. But it is what it is. Either way, I still think everybody should see it once. If you love it, go see it more. 
the reviews are in on from people on from the people who are going and seeing it they're loving it i love it i think gideon i'm sorry to tell you man i think you're definitely an outlier here i think that this movie there there is a difference between like opening weekend audience and like and legs um and and people who see it after after the fact and i think i mean this movie's playing to its audience audience obviously um i don't think this is maybe maybe i just my understanding of the cultural zeitgeist is is not accurate but or maybe i'm just lying more with the critics but I don't think that this movie is something that deserves at least universal praise. I mean, I'm I'm okay with praise, obviously, um, but universal praise is just just seems a little odd to me for something like this. But I mean, then again, it's not it's not getting universal praise. It's got 69 percent from critics, which is the score we gave it. Um, and actually, that's funny. That, well, what that was a Rotten Tomato score. Rotten Tomato score. Yeah, on Metacritic, it's at like 50, I think. But that's just funny that we actually after I said last week that I don't trust. Rotten Tomato store, and then literally <laughs> land on it on the nose. Joker's tonight. Joker's at fifty eight on Metacritic. On Metacritic, so well, which which most critics actually, which aren't following the meta. Metacritic weighs into well, <laughs> that's literally a self contradictory <laughs> statement, but okay. Um, well, that's the joke, man. Um, the Metacritic, which which weighs into the, uh, the the actual scores of the of the critics, whereas Rotten Tomatoes is just a binary. Yeah. Um. Which is another thing that's interesting that the score is lower on Metacritic. But, um, yeah. Well, um, then I think that might do it for us here. I think next week, Gideon, how do you feel about doing The Art of Racing in the Rain? Did you see that in theaters? I did not see that. I think there might be something else we can go see, though. Okay. Well, then it is... uh, Still unknown for the audience here what's coming up next week, but... Uh, be sure to tune in next time here on Script to Screen on 90.3 WRST FM Oshkosh. Thanks for tuning in.